Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Okay, church, remember what we learned last week, okay? Uh, as a Bible teaching church, we always want to go back and say, hey, let's remember what we learned, because we learned some great truths. You go, what's that? In verses 1 through 17, here's what we learned we, and loved, that God, check this out, uses broken and messed up people. And that's a good place for an amen, because that's us, okay? This is who God uses, Okay, and, and, and I was thinking about this, and it's not always the prim and the proper or the elite that God goes, hey, I'm going to put you on my team. It's always those that are broken, those that are messed up, because we saw the whole genealogy, and it was made up of messy people. I mean, really broken, really messed up people. Now, what the Word of God wants us to do is be able to go, I can relate. Yes, I can relate. Because you don't know my past. You don't know me. I'm messed up. I'm broken. Now, since coming to Christ, he's fixing me up, right? He's still working on me, right? He's, he's working on but I'm still messed up. Can I get an amen? Okay? There are some things in our hearts we're like, I don't want anybody to know that. And, and, and so this is what's going on, right? He uses us. Now, here's what I want you to think. Guys, put on your thinking caps, Tamar. You go, Tamar? Yeah. Guys, Tamar pretended to be, I don't know if you'd call it pretended, but she literally was a prostitute to actually sleep with her father-in-law to prove a point. You didn't give me your son. And, and guess what? She ends up pregnant. And you guys know the story. Tamar. Now, Tamar is not somebody you would probably invite over for dinner. Or maybe you would. Maybe you would. And then I think about Rahab. Guys, Rahab. Now, this is somebody you wouldn't invite over. You would know Rahab. Oh, that's Rahab. Hey, did you see Rahab? Yeah, she's over there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, how do you know Rahab? I don't know her, man. Because she was a woman of the night. Okay? The women knew her because, where you been? Well, the men knew her because they shouldn't have been there. You guys understand that? Okay, this is Rahab. Now, here's what we need to understand about Rahab, okay? She was probably the most unlikely to be used in the line of Jesus because she was a woman at night. But here's what you need to know. God changed her heart. God changed her heart and transformed this woman. And, and here's what she does. She comes in and she hides the spies up on the roof. Let me share the story with you, okay? Because we are a Bible-teaching church, I need to share this story. In Joshua chapter 2, verse 4 to 6, it says this. Then the woman, this is Rahab, took the two men and hid them. And she said, now the king of Jericho comes and he says, uh, ask her a question. She says, yes, the men came to me, but I didn't know where they were from. And it happened as the gates were being shut when it was dark that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. Notice verse 6. But she had brought them up to the roof, hid them under the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Everybody see that story? You're like, cool. Now, something jumps out. The king of Jericho comes in and says, hey. We know some men came here. Where are they? She goes, oh, I don't know where they are. I, they might be out. I, I don't know. And all of us go, she's lying. Did you not see that? 
Okay, okay, so, so stay with me, okay? So Rahab just lied to the king of Jericho, right? And a lot of people will point to this verse and go, see, I knew the Bible. See, you guys are Christians, you're not supposed to lie, but there she is, she's lying. Okay, so, so now there's controversy. No, 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 listen, listen. Here's what the question comes up. Guys, ready? Does the end justify the means? Okay? In other words, is it all right to lie, even a little white lie? Because, listen, if I'm going to lie to you, I'll point to Rahab and go, she did. The Bible says, no, 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 no. Here's what we need to know. Okay? Here's what we need to know. Okay? Is it all right to lie? The answer is no. Okay? It's not all right to lie. You go, why? Rahab did. And uh, she saved the lives of those spies. Well, here's what the Bible says. Let's be very clear. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 says this. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with the deeds. So we don't lie. We don't lie. Then you go, well, Ben, but Rahab did. Tell me that. Come on, let's go. Defend. I don't believe it's, a, it's about lying. I believe it's a question of faith. Wouldn't you agree? You go, well, how so? Well, listen, I don't have a problem with this verse, and I'll tell you why. Because right now, Rahab is on the way to becoming a Christian. Okay, she's on her way. God is working that transformation. Okay, let me just say this. She's still a baby. You go, okay. Or you go, well, Ben, I think she's a Christian. I think she knows who God is. Well, then I would say right here, she's a brand new believer. She doesn't know the word of God says, do not lie. She's just acting based on what she did know. Are you guys with me? Okay. Now, here's what I want you to see. So many of us, no matter how long we've been walking with Jesus, oftentimes are tempted to lie. We're tempted. Hey, hey, Linda, did you turn in that paper? Yeah, you know, I mean, kind of, you know, I thought about it. You know, we're, we're always, we're always, there's always that little bit of us. And man, we're just, especially if we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, we're tempted to use a white lie. But, but here's what we need to understand, okay? Here's what we need to understand. Listen, you need to jot this down. You ready? It's okay to belong before you believe. You go, what? Guys, the word of God says, bring them in. Listen, there are a lot of people who come in and go, listen, I'm not sure if I really believe all that y'all believe. I'm not really sure about this virgin birth stuff. I'm not, but, but, but y'all are cool and you're loving and I want to hang out. You ready? It's okay to what? To belong before you believe. I know God's going to do a work. I know God's going to see those things in our lives. You guys with me? Okay. But then sometimes, how many of us, let's just say this, how many of us, after we got saved, still messed up? Purposely. Like, here's why. Because it's okay to belong before you believe, but once you believe, you go, okay, well, I should, I should be perfect. No, 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 here's what we need to do. It's okay to belong before you behave. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. It's okay to belong before you behave. You see, progressive sanctification, we come in, we get saved, we still have a lot of baggage, we don't know what to do with this, and eventually God in his beautiful mercy begins to clean us, and then we start to go, oh, I'm really not supposed to behave this way. <laughs> I didn't know. One of, there, there, there was a pastor that I knew, he's not a pastor anymore, but when he was a pat before, he, he wasn't, I mean, we didn't get saved and become a pastor. You understand that, right? He got saved first. 
and he's saved, and he's, and he's just like, man, my whole life has changed. God, what great clouds you make. This is amazing. But the problem was, is he's still selling cocaine. He didn't need it. Maybe, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe here, here's what we do. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Okay, God, I'll tithe it all. But God worked that out. And, and, and so, again, I, I just think of Rahab, guys, and I think, hey, it's okay to belong because the word of God is going to transform your heart. And it's okay to belong before you behave. And let's be careful because we're in the same boat. And I want to behave, but I want to do it for the right reasons. You guys with me? Here's why. I don't want to, what is it, modify my behavior just to look good on the outside. I don't want to do that. How are you doing? God bless you, brother. How are you? God, good to see you. How are I don't think that's the stupid. Hi, how are you? How are you? Nice to see you. Good, good, good. Praise the Lord. God is good. But inside, my heart is ugly. No, 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 no. I'd rather just let the Lord do his work. And, and right here, right here. Well, that's what happens to Rahab. You guys with me? Then we moving on in chapter one, we saw the birth of Jesus and we saw how God used this poor, this Mary, this, this wonderful young lady, 14, 15 years old, right? But he also used Joseph. And Joseph doesn't get a whole lot of credit. I mean, he's in the manger scenes. <laughs> Here he is. That's Joseph, right? Everybody's, oh, look at Jesus. Look at baby Jesus. Oh, look at Mary. And, and then you, we even put emphasis on the shepherds. And the little drummer boy. Oh, wait, he wasn't there. That's just a, something else. But, but the point is, is Joseph. Think about Joseph. For Joseph to do this, he had to take on all the responsibility, all the ridicule and the mocking of his family. Everywhere he went. Hey, is that your boy? Is that your boy? That's not your boy, is it? That's not your boy. That's who, who was she with? Do you know? You're a good man because, and, and he would, well, I had a dream. God told me, oh, God told you. So now you're talking to God. You think you're holier than, you, you understand how people are. And this is what they would do. And this is what they would do. And it's just like, wow. And they would ridicule and they would mock. But here's what you need to understand. For you see, when people don't understand more often than not, they resort to mocking and scoffing. And Jesus would have actually put up with this his whole life. If you guys are reading the Bible, and I hope you are, the daily Bible, every day, today's reading, John eight thirty one. I mean, he talks about that. Why? Because he's looking at the religious people and he's saying, hey, I thought you said your dad, you're, you, you were from Father Abraham. We're from Father Abraham. He says, if you were Father Abraham, then you would act like him. Why do you want to kill me? Well, he goes, you're really from your father, the devil. They got so mad. You know what they did? They started saying, well, who are you? You're illegitimate. That's what they told my Jesus. John 8, 31, all the way through. I said, mind, that ties in so perfect. This is my God. I just wonder, guys, and, 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 and I don't mean anything by this, but I wonder if we would have been in that same category mocking Jesus because we didn't under. Do you remember when you didn't understand? Do you remember when Christianity was foreign to you? We would we, we we might have mocked the same. Hey, did you hear? Did you hear? There, he's supposed to be the Messiah, the Meshach. But 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 Mary was pregnant before. How can that be? Got 
to be careful, guys, because I wonder, would Ben be in that group? And I think about this, guys. Do you remember that old adage? Do you remember growing up, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt? Remember we used to say that? All the while crying because words really do hurt. Sticks and stones, we ow! You know, but they do. Guys, they do. And I'm sure Jesus had his fair share of bullying and mocking. Wow. Well, today, today, guys, we discover the birth of Jesus in verses 1 through 12. You know it as the Christmas story. Okay? It's taught through Christmas time. It's all of this stuff. Now, as we make our way through the scriptures, I want to show you something. Okay? What happens is Jesus is born. He comes out on the scene. But today, I want to give you three reactions, three responses, if you will, to Jesus. Okay? These are the same three different types of people and their reaction as they're introduced to Jesus. And we see a lot of that going on today. So let's do this, guys. We're going to read 1 through 12 together, and then we'll come back and make some comments in the section. Matthew chapter 2, those of you watching online, verses 1 to 12, let's read together. I'm reading from the New King James Version. You can see it on the screen. It says, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen the star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was, what's that word, guys? Troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. Okay? I want you to underline that word right there. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, the scribes, and the people, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea. Why, guys? For it is written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah? For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from that time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Oh, go search and carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, a star which had been seen in the east went before them till they came and stood over the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They had come into the house, and they saw the young child with Mary's mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. What were they? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. What reaction? Jesus is being born. What reaction do we see? Well, the very first reaction we see, guys comes from Herod. That's his reaction. And what do we see? He's not thrilled at all, is he? Oh, yay! There's the Messiah, the Christos. He's born. Praise the Lord. He's not, guys. The Bible says when Herod heard this, he was troubled. And all of Jerusalem with him. Well, who is King Herod? Well, Okay, well, let's do some work. 
Herod, guys, is also known as Herod the First, or you'll hear him as Herod the Great. He was born in 73 BC, and he died on 4 BC. Okay? He died there in Jericho. When did he die? 4 BC. Okay? He was a Roman client king of Judea. Herod was known for his colossal building projects there in Jerusalem and really other other parts of the world, including the rebuilding of the second temple in Jerusalem. A lot of people refer that to as Herod's temple. Herod was often called, check this out, the king of the Jews. Oh, well, he's the king of the Jewish people. He's the king of the Jews. Okay, this was Herod. Now, Herod was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You understand that? He was... You go, what do you mean? Did you know that Josephus, the historian, tells us that he was so concerned that no one would mourn his death that he gave orders that when he died... Okay, at the time of his death, I want you to kill distinguished men so that there would be displays of grief that would take place throughout the empire. That's how cuckoo he was. Wait a minute. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. When I die, you kill other people so that when they're crying, they'll think it's for me. That's how messed up he is. That's Herod. He's messed up. This is the guy in charge. And you think we have problems. Okay, we do, but that's a whole other story, okay? I digress. This is the guy who was in charge when Jesus was born. His reaction, what was the word I had you circle? Troubled. He's troubled. Wait, 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 wait. What? You heard what? Oh, there's, there's, there's the Christus. Oh, oh. What does that word trouble mean? Well, guys, I had you highlight it, circle it. Here's what it means. It means troubled. It means to agitate, to stir. Right? To, to royal water. It's like when that water bubbles. And it's straight up hostile. Another word you could write is paranoid. This is Herod. This is Herod. He is straight up troubled. He is paranoid. He is hostile. That's his reaction. Hostile. The problem was, guys, as you see, Jerusalem was so afraid of him that they followed in his footsteps. Well, wait, King, you mad? Mad, King, you mad? Okay, I'm mad too. And that's how they were. They were, they were following in his footsteps. They were so afraid of him that they, all of Jerusalem was troubled. Hey, did you hear? Did you hear? Jesus is born. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. It's just, oh, well, I don't think Herod likes him. And if Herod doesn't like him, I don't like him. That's what's going on here. Herod didn't like it. He's so troubled. Guys, take a quick look. We're going to study this next week, but look at verse 16 real quick. It says in Matthew 2, 16, it says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, he was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and he put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem in all the districts. How old? Two years and older, under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. So he's so tripping out that he kills all the males, two years and younger. Two years. You guys catch that? Let, let me let me throw a let me throw a wrench in your Christmas. The way you're brought up, Herod. 
Jesus is already born. You got that? Next week, we're going to see that he goes to Egypt because Herod's, going to, Herod's tripping. You guys with me? But it says that Herod died on the day 4 B.C. You mean, so Jesus wasn't born on zero? No, Jesus was probably born about 6 B.C., 5 B.C. Not really. So he was already six years. Wow. Wow. All my life, guys, I grew up with B.C. and A.D. Did you guys do, right? This was B.C. and then A.D. And uh, we always thought it was like, here, there's five, four, three, two, one, zero. Here's Jesus. Da, da, da. And then 32 years, 32 A.D. You understand. You're just like, wow. This just tripped me out. Because Herod dies before Jesus, well, after Jesus was born. So, there's Jesus. That just blew your mind, didn't it? Now, what's his reaction? What's his reaction? Okay, hostile, mad, ugly, angry. So much that he determines and he makes a command to kill all the children in Bethlehem that are two years and younger. You could say that this guy was the original Grinch who tried to steal Christmas. You guys see that? He was the original Grinch right here because he tried to kill Christmas. And you go, how? He says, man, every male child two years or younger needs to die. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Guys, this is nothing short of the government wanting control and Rome obeying. And I think, wow. Why? Because Herod doesn't want nothing to do with the Christ child. The very mention of the name Yahshua, Jesus, brings fear and outright hostility. And you go, Ben, cool. I mean, wow. But the problem is, guys, is not much has changed in our lives. Not much has changed today. Why? Because there are men and women who at the, the name, the thought of Jesus coming as a baby, growing up, and proclaiming the gospel, they want nothing to do with. They want nothing to do with. The very people that God created says, no, thank you. I want nothing to do with it. And as a matter of fact, they're hostile. They're agitated. Okay? Now, let me, let me just share this with you, okay? The Bible says in John 1.11 that he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Okay, but let me just share a story before I move on really, really quick. Okay, I'm going to touch on it more next week. I'm going to go in depth more next week. But I have to ask myself, why was Herod upset? Why was he so hostile? Well, you go, well, Ben, you just said it. He was, he was crazy. He was cuckoo. He just, man. But, but why are people that we know at the mention of the name of Jesus get so angry? I'm not talking about that as a go, well, that's good for you. I'm talking there, get angry. Because a lot of times, guys, they've misunderstood who God is. They misunderstood who he is. Something bad has happened. They equate that with, well, why God, he didn't change this or fix this or intervene. I don't understand. And because they don't understand, they switch teams. And that's why when you go to witness, they're upset. 
They're straight up hostile. Don't bring that Jesus to me. I can't believe it. You know what he did? He didn't do anything for me. And I mean, seriously, let me share a story with you. Let me share a story with you. Okay. This always tripped me out. This always, this always, my mom, my mom died from breast cancer in 1967. They didn't have the things that they had today. They didn't have the technology. They didn't have the medicine. My mom leaving a 18-month-old little boy, a six-year-old girl, and two eight-year-old boys. And I grew up watching my dad, wondering if he would be bitter and ugly and awful to the God who created this family amazingly, and then, and I never saw it. Till his dying day, my dad honored God. And that always convicted me. And you say, why? Why did it convict you? I'll tell you why. Because when something minor happens in my life, oh God, why did you leave me? Why did you abandon me? I can't believe. And God's like, really? All I said is you couldn't buy that. (laughs) Or whatever it might be. You understand. But that's how we are. And I watched him. And if anyone had a right to be mad and frustrated and angry and hostile, I thought it was my dad. And he wasn't. My brother texted me the other day, said, Ben, who, who, are your, who are your three heroes? And of course, one of my heroes, my dad, because I saw that. My dad didn't claim Christianity. He grew up very religious. You guys understand it was a, there's a difference. He didn't, he, but man, he knew God. I saw that. I saw that in his life. Even at the very end, the week before he died, he was saying, I hope God hears me. I know he will. That's the first reaction. Second reaction is found in verse 4. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, this is Herod, the scribes, the people together, he inquired of them, hey, where is the Christ to be born? Now, if you have a pencil handy, Christ is Christos, it's the anointed one. So this isn't just like, hey, where's the baby? I got, I got a gift for him. Tell me where the, he said, where is the Christos? And they said, oh, guess where? Bethlehem in Judea. Now, if it's me, I'm going to ad lib to the scripture, okay? He says, well, how do you know? Well, here's what, this is how we know, okay? Because it was written by the prophet. You mean you studied the Bible? I studied the Bible. It says, you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, you are least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you, Shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Jesus coming in Bethlehem. He's in Bethlehem. He's in Bethlehem. And you go, cool. Do you know what the second reaction is, guys? You can jot this down. It's, um, I put religious people, but it's more like indifference. Indifference. You go, like, what do you mean? I don't know if you caught that. These guys, chief priests, religious guys, the who's who among Jews knew where Jesus was going to be born. And not one of them went to Bethlehem. Not one of them said, hey, Adam, Adam, 
<laughs> He's in Beth. Let's go. Come on, man. Come on. Why? Jesus, this is it. This is it. This is what we've been studying our whole life. Adam's like, yes. Come on. Come on, Mike. So let's go. Nobody did that. Hey, where's Jesus going to be? Ah, Bethlehem, I think. I don't know. Prophet said. Prophet said. You see, these guys understood what Isaiah 9, 6 said. They understood what Micah 5, 2 said. And yet none of them, none of them got a caravan. None of them followed a star. None of them went to Bethlehem. That trips me out. You go, why? I believe these men had a, stay with me, a head knowledge about the Messiah, the one born king of the Jews, but their heart was indifferent. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, someone. It's exa- oh, man. I'm convicted because I have a great head knowledge of the word of God, but I needed to transform my heart. I need to change. It's not enough to memorize and pop scripture out. Hey, let me tell you about, let me tell you about, oh, theologically speaking, the propitiation of the word of God. And that means nothing. What you got to see is the heart that's changed to God. That's why you're here. These guys, they didn't want to upset the world. Okay? They were more interested in the status quo. Don't rock the boat. Hey, this is how we've always done it. A good religious man would grow up much like Paul did under the teachings of the rabbi. And although they knew God's word, it never made the 16 inches from the head to the heart. From the head to the heart. And again, I think we're living in those same days, guys. The application. There are many people, religious or even not, who don't have a true heart knowledge of who Jesus really is. They don't. And even in our, and I love our city, and I love our state, even though many people have a head knowledge, growing up in church, attending Sunday school, go into vacation Bible school, and they got a wealth of head knowledge, but life has never changed in their heart. Hey, let me ask you a question. When you see the different signs around us, when you see Israel getting bombed, when you see... Russia and Turkey and Iran all hanging out together, trying to figure out what's going to happen next. When you see all of this stuff, is your heart turning closer to God? Or are you running away from him? Is it indifferent? I have talked to many people who call themselves Christian that, 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 that nothing that's happening around the world has any spiritual significance. And I'm going, wow. Wow. Well, Pastor Ben, hold up. Time out. Listen, be fair. They've always, they've always bombed Israel. There have always been problems in the Middle East. Amen. But has it always happened with everything else lined up like this? Has it happened? Well, no. No. Guys, that was me. 
was me. I grew up religious. I grew up going to church. I did it out of obligation to the family. But I was still on my own heart, my own throne of my heart. And that was reaction. You see, the Jesus movement started when I was young. I remember. I remember kids in my elementary, junior high were getting saved and radically saved. And it freaked me out. You guys know what I'm talking about? They were like, Jesus. And I'm like, what? Hey, bro, we're all from the same vadio. We're all from the same neighborhood. What are you doing? And they were on fire. And I remember being indifferent, going, ah, that's weird. You remember what we used to call it? <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember. We used to call it, oh, man, those guys got brainwashed. That's what we said. They got brainwashed. They, they went to that church, and they, they put them in a chair and strapped them down. Now, that's what we used to say until I got saved. And then I got brainwashed. Or should I say heartwashed? That's the second reaction. First reaction, second reaction, eh. but what's the third reaction? Guys, let's go back to verse 1. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Okay? So let's chat just a bit about the wise men from the east. Okay? What are they doing? The first question they ask is, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Remember, Matthew is now introducing him as king. And so they're coming in going, Hey, we heard there's a king. Where is he born? Where, 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 where is he born? Right, because here's what they're doing. They're seeking the God-man who had been born king of the Jews. Listen, a great reaction to the Lord is you seek God. You're seeking. I want to know. I want to know. Is this God real? You're changed. You've changed. I want to know how. You can't just change. Something's wrong. I, I want to know. They're seeking. These are wise men. Wise men seek. Number two, they seen the star from the east. Okay? It was a sign given to them. So what happens? They had a holy GPS. Okay, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? You too have a holy GPS even before you get saved. He draws you into the presence of God. He brings you. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to church. I'm going to sit in the back and just fold my arms up. And this, I'm going to tell you, that preacher's going to tell me a thing or two. And next thing you know, oh, the Holy Spirit brought you. It's so cool. It's so cool. And what do they say? They've come to worship him. He's just a child. He's just a child. Now, listen, I'm going to use this illustration. It's not on my, it's, it's not, but, but okay, so Adam and Tiffany came in, okay, and they brought little Jasper. How old is Jasper? Almost a year and a half. He's, he's a little guy, just a little guy coming in, right? Okay, all right, so, so here comes Jasper, little guy, little guy, right? He's coming in, and, and uh, what if I told you to worship him? He's just a kid. I'm not going to. I might high five him, you know, and kind of. No, no, no. See, this is the child. And these guys had the heart knowledge to worship Jesus. 
Notice verse 10 through 12. It says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, guess what, guys? They saw the young, what's that word? Child. Here's what you need to know. Oftentimes, our, our Christmas time is they came in, the wise men, and there's little Jesus barely born in the state. He was already about two years old. He was already about one, two, could be three. You guys understand that, right? Maybe two. And they come in, and there's Mary. It says, they fell down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures, and they presented gifts to him. What did they give him? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Do you know what myrrh is used for? Myrrh and embalming fluid. Why would you give that to a kid? It was significant of the fact that he was going to die for the sins of all of us. And so Matthew, even here, is shouting the gospel. And then they're warned, hey, don't go back to Herod. Go another way. So we know he's a child, guys. We know that they, the what? We know that they worshipped him. They gave gifts to Jesus. They gave gifts. Let me just stop right there. You have a gift. When you got saved, God gave you at least one gift. Some of you gave two, some of you gave three, but he gave you a gift. You understand that, right? But he didn't give you a gift so you can hold around and go, hey, here's my gift. Here's my gift. <laughs> like my gift? It's my gift. My gift. What are you going to do with a gift? Nothing. It's just mine. It's just mine. I'm just going to keep it right here. He gave you a gift so that you could share. What he wants you to do is he wants you to give that gift back to him. Lord, what can I do with this? What can I do? I want you to preach. Okay, I'll preach. I want you to teach. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Whatever it might be. He's given us a gift. He's given us a gift. So what is the third reaction? It's the same thing that the reason that you're sitting here. It's acceptance. Wait, 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 wait. He is the Messiah. He is. This This is true. And what happens, guys, is that turns into belief. You start to believe. I believe. I believe. Do you guys believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? You go, amen, I believe. How do I know? Because your behavior determines your belief. How you live tells me if you believe or not. That's how we all live, right? We pay our taxes. We pay what we need to pay. We give to Caesar what's Caesar's. We, we give to God what's God. This is how we live. We pray with our wives. We pray with our children. We pray to God in, in faith, right? We, we listen to worship. Our hearts are overwhelmed, guys. We, we love those who are unlovable. We walk with those. That's who we are. And that's what happens. It's, it's acceptance. It's what? It's belief. And then it's giving. It's giving. This is what we do. We give. We give. Hey, what, what, take, take it, take it, Lord. Oh, it's yours. Are you kidding me? Can I just share something with you? Please understand, you can't outgive God. You cannot outgive God. If your heart is pure, you go, hey, here you go. Poof. God goes, watch this. Watch this. He, he blesses your socks off, guys. He blesses your socks off. Wow. I have seen it firsthand how God does that. You know what my pastor friend encouraged me to do? He said, hey, Ben. I said, yeah. He goes, hey, do me a favor. I said, what's that? 
He said, you got some, you got some fellow pastor friends in, in Lubbock? I, oh, yeah, and I know. I know a few pastors. He goes, they're, they're in the ministry. They're in, they're in the labor field with you. I said, yeah. I mean, they're doing their church. And he says, why don't you, why don't you do this? Why don't you go out, get a gift card, and send it to them randomly. Tell them you're thinking about them. Tell them thank you for their work. I said, okay. Well, I've got a day. Take your wife out to dinner. Have a blast. We love you. I know we're not the same church, but we're in the same family. And you know what God did? Not that I was expecting it. He blessed our socks off. Just the fact that we're, guys, that we're not, we're not in competition with other churches. You understand that? We're in the same body. And it's just so cool. So acceptance? Yeah. Right? Belief? Yeah. Giving? Yeah. And worship. And worship. Don't, don't rob my Jesus by worshiping anything other than him. Oh, that's hard, is it not? That's hard. It's hard. Because you've got family that you tend to put. Now, now this is the problem. The problem is that with, with idols, they're usually good things that we make ultimate. They're good things. They're great things. Friendships, relationships, great things. Problem is, is that we elevate them to ultimate, and now they're idols, and we're worshiping them. The admonition to us, guys, is, okay, thank you, Jesus. As a result of those good things, we worship God. Lord, thank you for my family. It's a good thing. Thank you for my grandkids. It's a good thing. But it's not ultimate. You're ultimate. You guys tracking with me? Okay. Okay. So the wise men, they came by faith. That's how we come. The wise men, guys, man, it was just Jesus. It was just a baby. And they came by faith and they worshiped him. They knew in their heart that Jesus had filled that emptiness. And a natural byproduct is worship. Is worship. It's the same today, guys. It's the same today. It's about our faith and worship of Jesus. Walking in his love, engaging in the relationship with the God who created me. That's what it's about. As we close, here's the question. Where are you at with Jesus? Where are you at with Jesus? Now, the fact that you are here in church and you are watching online is probably you're not hostile or paranoid. Okay, I get that. You're here. You're like, man, I'm here. I just want to make sure that we're not religious. You see, because if we're religious or indifference, then we're probably still empty. There's an emptiness in our heart. You go, oh, I don't know. Or maybe it's lonely. There's a loneliness in our heart. I know who Jesus is, but man, I'm still lonely. Or, or maybe a third thing would be, guys, guilty. Because we don't know how to deal with all the stuff that we've done. What do I do with this thing? And so there's an emptiness, a loneliness, guilt in our hearts. And I'll tell you how you know if you're religious, because you're afraid to die.
there's that fear. <gasps> I don't know. Guys, do you realize that when I was 17 years old, I told the Lord, God, if I'm good, I'll go to heaven, and if I'm bad, I'll go to hell. Really? I'm glad he didn't listen to that prayer. I didn't understand. But I knew I was afraid to die, and I was going to give him the choice. That was a silly prayer, was it not? That was a silly... But at 17 years old, guys, I accepted Jesus into my heart. And he came in and he filled that emptiness. And he filled that loneliness. And and the guilt is gone. See, I'm not guilty anymore. There's stuff that I'm like, oh, I regret. You know what I mean? There's stuff in my past like, oh, I should have changed that. But it's not that guilt that drives me. And moving forward, I'm not afraid to die. Actually looking forward to it. In his time, you guys get that, right? When he's ready, <laughs> I'm not going to go be jumping off no buildings or anything in his time. Man, if you are, and the Lord has been tugging at your heart, and you're going, yeah, Ben, you know what? What you said today is, changed. man, that, that's the whole point. Let the Lord change your heart. Because well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Make sure you're right with God. Make sure you're right with God. Don't take any chances. You go, what should I do? Man, be a fully committed, devoted follower of him. You know what we are? And I said, and I love this. Man, listen, you know what we are? We're, we're just beggars telling other beggars where to find bread. Isn't that great? Because you can't lift up a beggar. I mean, it's just one beggar going, hey, I found bread. Come on. Come on. I love that. That's who we are. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you today for your word and the truth in your word. We pray for all those watching online. We thank you for all that we've learned today. And we're excited as we move verse by verse. And so, God, today I pray that you would begin to speak to us, Lord, wherever we are. I do pray for those that, that have misunderstood you and have felt like they've been hurt by you and and I pray for a peace Lord pray for 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 your Holy Spirit to just to just fill them and 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 bring that peace Lord they're struggling they're angry they're upset I pray for all of those who know about Jesus but don't know him and I pray for all of us who know him that Lord they would be strengthened in the days to come that their foundation would be rooted in you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.